You're tuning in to Parenting Naked, a collaborative to help navigate the celebrations and challenges of parenting. Hello, welcome back to Parenting Naked Collaborative. This is Misty White, and we've got Danan Moore and Gretchen Levy here with us today. And we are going to be talking about our sexual health, pre-pregnancy, during pregnancy, and post-pregnancy. So it should be a fun topic. <laughs> Get ready. We're both staring at Misty like, are, are we really doing this? <laughs> For reals. For reals. Um, one of the things that stemmed this topic for me was uh, I belong to a Mamas in Private Practice on Facebook, and one of the moms posed a really funny question about how many of us still French kiss our husbands. And the topic just made me laugh and it made me just think about sexual health and how often are we um, being sexual with our partners and what did we look like prior to children? and What did we look like when we were pregnant with our sexual health? So we're going to dive into that today. Um, I guess we can just kind of start. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it would feel more logical to talk about maybe how we felt in our own bodies prior to becoming pregnant and how that might have impacted our sexual being with our partner. And I don't want to go back to every partner we've had unless we feel like it's important, but I would just think about focus. I have a short list. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just or sticking with, you know, maybe like a year before we had baby and what life looked like um, in that aspect. Yeah. yeah. That sounds good. Okay. Um, no, Gretchen, Gretchen's dying. Yeah, to start. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I'm not, but, <laughs> but somebody's got to, that's right. <laughs> um, let's see before baby. I think I had a, I, I mean, it's hard to know. I think a relatively healthy sexual appetite. I guess, like we had sex often, enjoyed sex. Um, and yeah, I think when I, it's hard not to go then into being pregnant, being pregnant, definitely it took a dip. And now I would say it is not a frequent <laughs> type of interaction that we're having. Mm -hmm. I have two toddlers. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. So it went from good to okay to non-existent <laughs> right <laughs> well and i would imagine that that's probably a, a pattern that a lot of people go mm -hmm. through for sure um i know when i first got together with randall um i just happened to be friends with a, a girl that wanted to work out all the time and so it just became part of our ritual of getting up in the morning and so when randall and i had met it was probably at the peak of my physical health ever. Um, I was running like three miles every other day. I was lifting weights and felt really good. And I wasn't dating anyone. I wasn't looking to date anyone. So it was like something I really wanted to focus on. So um, I felt good in my body uh, during that, that time when I had met Randall. And um, when we first got together, he, I think, was kind of coming out of this playboy phase, quote unquote, um, he was, I don't know, in my mind, just very sexually promiscuous. <laughs> and then when we met, um, 
I think he was trying to make a better life for himself. And so it was kind of funny. He had chosen to not be sexually active with me in the very beginning. And I remember feeling kind of rejected by him because I was like, what's going on? Like, do you not find me attractive? Oh, he actually liked you. He actually lot. liked me. Yeah, yes. And that's and why it, he was holding back. Yes. Uh, which was interesting. Um, and, you know, looking back, it was nice that we didn't jump into that. Um, but then I think it also maybe put like uh, a seed of doubt in my head that he was attracted to me. And so in the beginning, I don't think that our sexual health was as frequent as it could have been had we had communicated what was really happening between us. So we had a good sexual relationship, but it probably wasn't at the frequency that either one of us maybe had preferred. We probably both would have preferred it to be more frequent. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, yeah, it's hard to remember. Gosh, I was like 12 years ago. Um, but I would think maybe once a week, I don't know, somewhere around there, maybe twice a week, if it was a nice week, <laughs> yes. yeah. we had something going on. Um, and so I know that, you know, so that was before we got pregnant. And then when we did get pregnant, I think there was a noticeable dip just because, you know, I felt really nauseous, especially in the first couple months and then the breast tenderness. And so I know for me, I really didn't have a whole lot of sexual desire within that first trimester from what I can recall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if we kind of want to go in that direction sure. and then we can jump into now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. So for me, um, Sean was my second sexual partner and look at you. Yeah. You're so and pure, so, right? I know. I just didn't want to be regretful. <laughs> so we met and had just of real connection right away. And I, we were young, we were in our early twenties. So it was just, you know, by nature to be, I think, at least I thought to be sexually active and whatever, you know, whenever we could find a time we were sexually active. And then I got pregnant very quickly. It only took one try. So I think Sean was pretty for both kids and they were both due on the same day. So there's yeah. something weird there, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I think Sean was a little disappointed because it only took one try and I knew I was pregnant pretty quickly. I started experiencing lots of changes with my body. And so the first time around, I was really tired. I worked nights, he worked days. And so our schedule just did not coordinate well enough to want to be sexually active. <laughs> but then, you know, I got into my second trimester and whew, couldn't keep my clothes on. He thought that was great. And then third trimester came and I, then that third trimester is where things kind of started setting in. I felt big. I felt like I couldn't move. My boobs did hurt. Um, I just, I, yeah, I felt so miserable. And with my first pregnancy, I was much larger than I was with the second one. So it just, it just didn't feel comfortable. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I, after pregnancy is a different story because postpartum set in, but, um, I don't know. I felt like it was pretty healthy probably mm -hmm. up until after afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know that there's talk about when you're pregnant you're supposed to have like this sexual peak, 
I recall watching Sex and the City and uh, the lady who played Miranda, her character, during her pregnancy, during one of the episodes, talked about how she just couldn't get enough, that she just, everything made her horny and she wanted to have sex. And so I wanted to look into that a little bit more and I didn't do a whole lot of research, but, um, you know, some of the things we're talking about, how your your pleasure principles are increased because your blood flow mm-hmm. um, is, mm-hmm. you know, has increased as well and so your hormones are going and things are supposed to feel a lot more enhanced and pleasurable and um I don't recall feeling that way Mm-mm. um I yeah I mean I know that things were definitely felt more sensitive because you know my breasts were bigger than they've ever been and so that was exciting <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, you know, feeling kind of, I guess, voluptuous for the first time ever in that area. Um, but then it felt like that went away quickly um, during the third trimester because um, I think your body's starting to set in and like, oh, these are going to be what you're feeding your baby with. So I think also transitioning from being a sexual person into transitioning into being a mom. Yeah. Also like in my head was like, Oh, you know, these are just not for fun anymore. They're going to be a lifeline for this little baby Mm -hmm. that's coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think I did experience that towards, you know, probably the third trimester, maybe when nesting set in kind of thinking about transitioning my role. Mm -hmm. And so also the use and function of my body mm-hmm. that probably did hit the, in the third trimester. Mm-hmm. Just, I, I think remembering like the reflection of this was pleasurable, but now this is going to serve a purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do remember having more desire in the second trimester. Now that we sit here and talk about it, I do remember that more so with the first pregnancy than the second, the second, mm-hmm. I was just so, oof. I just felt terrible and I was tired and I don't think it was well, very high on my priority list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, how about at the hospital? Do you guys, um, I don't know if you had a, a experience similar to this, but I've never been so like, there was no such thing as modesty. Like you're just oh, naked yeah. in front of whoever. Yeah. They're just sticking things wherever they're just Mm -hmm. like changing, (laughs) changing out gauze or, you know, like just they're all up in your, Yeah, I'd never really quite had, well, I'd never had a surgery or I'd Mm -hmm. never been in a hospital overnight besides probably when I was born, Mm -hmm. um, ever. So I had no idea like the level of just, there is no (laughs) boundary here. Like there's no, it's just fine. Yeah. Like, you know, they don't even care anymore that, you know, the back of your gown is like wide open, your ass is hanging out. Like, it just was, yeah, it was kind of shocking to me. Yeah. I don't know if you guys felt that way. Oh, yeah. I I felt that way even prior to having uh, the baby. Um, I mean, same with you. I've never had any like major medical medical procedures or anything like that. But even going into doctor's visits, you know, even the first one, you know, you walk in and depending on how far along you are, they might do like a vaginal 
mm-hmm. um, ultrasound. Yeah. And they're just like, okay, get on the table, put this gown on, spread your legs. And you're like, oh, oh, I guess we're doing this right now. <laughs> uh, Randall, I guess you just sit where you feel comfortable or you can see the screen well. But yeah. And then, you know, mm-hmm. they're just like constantly, yeah, poking and prodding. And mm-hmm. uh, you do kind of become like a vessel at times. And you can also get caregivers who treat you like that's what you are. I think sometimes they yeah. become so ingrained in their job that it's just like mechanical and they're like, blah, blah, blah. Here's what you need to do instead yeah. of like, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. You know, like, how are your emotions? How are you and your spouse doing? Are you guys yeah. talking about baby? Are you talking about, you know, what the nursery is going to look like or finances? You know, they, mm-hmm. they don't, they don't care. No, Doctors don't care. I think it's just pretty just routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take, you know, I, you just feel like you're kind of moving through the mm-hmm. chain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and then like the amount of pee that you have to give the amount of blood that you have to give mm-hmm. and, um, you know, your partner's watching all of that and it's yeah. like, how Did desirable your, both of your husbands went to all those appointments with uh-huh. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. But I have come to find that that's actually not for a lot of people typical. Yeah. Like Adam was at every appointment, but mm-hmm. I hear some couples are like, oh yeah, I came to like the first one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'd be annoyed if they didn't come. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I like I was making a sacrifice. Yeah. So yeah, the least yeah, they could, the least Sean could have done was make that sacrifice yeah. with me. Yeah. And then like, to, the, this is something we're doing together. Yeah. Like, yeah. yes, it's happening to only my body, but like, oh, hey, thing this, in there is yeah. from you. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I was very clear with Randall, and I, I would imagine that you two were about what my expectations were from Randall mm-hmm. that I am an equal opportunity parent and yeah. <laughs> that I am not going to be putting forth more effort than he is. Like, my expectation is he is the father and he is going to be a parent all the time, yeah. not just when it's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. we're in this together. This mm-hmm. is not a stereotypical, like, oh, honey, you. Do you want to go pl- play golf with your friends while I'm at home cooking and cleaning? No. And breastfeeding. And breastfeeding. No. <laughs> like my expectation is that you are helping me as much as I need to be. And if yeah. you can go out because I feel okay and the baby's set, then that's great. And then I get to go out and, and have mm-hmm. that kind of balance. And mm-hmm. he was on board with that for sure. But how did you have that conversation? Um, we had that conversation like the second date we ever went on. Oh, yeah. Because um, he was like, um, I want yeah. babies like, yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. And so I don't know. I think maybe I put it out there to test him, too. Of, like, if you really want to be a father, this is what it looks like. I am. You can't be a part-time father with me um, and our kids if we do have kids together. And so I feel like I was pretty hard nosed about that. Now the expectations with him coming to the appointments, he wanted to. Yeah. I think I would have been okay with him not coming to every appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with Zoe, her pregnancy was so easy, but with Adler, when I found out that he was, um, he uh, was breech, that was really hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I got really resentful that Adler was breech. I did not want a C-section. Um, I just was angry. I wanted it to be a quick recovery and then finding mm-hmm. out that 
it wasn't going to be a quick, quick recovery. So I think I needed Randall at those mm-hmm. appointments during that time because I mentally was just so in a bad place with that, that yeah. he was able to go in and hear what the doctor was saying and what we needed to do and what our options were. So yeah. it was I nice. remember you put your phone in between <laughs> legs to get, try to get Adler to turn <laughs> from the radiation. No, no. Um, no from he, she would play music to oh, try to oh, go between him. legs, uh-huh. get him to orient oh. himself. Yeah, that's yeah. so cute. Yeah, that's funny that you remember that. Yeah, I would sit in my office, and one of the techniques that I had heard about online was you can try to coax them down there by playing music. Uh-huh. And so whenever I would have office time, I would turn music on and put it between my legs and kind of sit on my phone to kind of coax Adler <laughs> to, move. To, to move. And he just didn't, he wouldn't, he was like, oh, I don't care. Beethoven That's right. <laughs> let's, let's get your ears down. That's right. <laughs> like, no, thank you. No, thank oh, you. So funny. It's interesting that you bring up having had that conversation because Recently this summer, a friend of mine told me about this girlfriend that she has that, and her husband is totally hands off. Like Mm -hmm. if she wants to go do something, she has to get a sitter y'all like, yes, like he does not, he's like, he, it's like 1950s or something. Like he doesn't change diapers. He's not involved in their scheduling. He makes a ton of money. So I I don't know if that is like part of it. But so she's telling me this story and we're both like, oh my God, like we're so lucky. Can you imagine Mm -hmm. if you ended up in that situation? But then it got me thinking, how did she end up in that situation? Like, can you not Mm -hmm. tell by gender roles when you're dating that like things are evenly shared or is it, did she just... I, I don't know. And maybe she's okay with it. I, mind mm-hmm. you, I don't know. I don't know this woman. Right. I don't think she's okay with it because of the way that my friend told me that the mm-hmm. scenario is yeah. like, we were all like, Oh my God. And is, yeah. I think that she's not happy, but financially he makes so much money. Mm-hmm. She doesn't work. Right. So she's fully like locked down into this, yeah. like stay at home mom role yeah. and mm-hmm. he doesn't do Jack. Yeah. Well, and then, of course, for me, that brings up so many red flags of, like, what if she's suffering from postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, mm-hmm. she's feeling resentful, and, you know, can she be the best mother to those babies if she is feeling resentful or angry or you tra- and trapped? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I also know another couple who's very similar to that. I just met them um, probably about two months ago, and we were all out without our kiddos, and... Mm-hmm. She is not from the United States. Um, I mean, she's she's got her documentation, everything. Um, but she, he works, and it is a very clear rule, a very clear unspoken rule that her job is to stay home and take care of the children because he makes the money. And I heard her saying that during the conversations of like, I feel so trapped, but I have to, I have to have the food on the table. I have to do this. I have to do that. And I was like, screw that. Like, Mm why, why, why? Because he makes the money. Like your job as a parent trumps all of that. Like for me, it trumps all of that. Um, And she just felt trapped too, because she's like, Mm -hmm. I don't make any money. Yeah. Friend, go out and go get a job. Go do something, you know, push that boundary, push that boundary Mm -hmm. so hard. And, 
And it's a good question of like, how do you not know that going into the relationship? And how do you, I mean, that's such a conversation that you have to have with your partner. But at the same time, I cannot recall Adam and I ever talking about it. He's a 50, 50 partner. Mm -hmm. Probably like he does more than I do. It's probably 70, 40, (laughs) but, but wasn't like that in your guys' relationship prior? We didn't talk about it. I don't think in a formal way, Mm -hmm. but when we started dating, there wasn't one person dominating that relationship. Mm -hmm. And I was a very head driven woman. Right. And I, I think I had said early on, I will never need to rely on you. I will always be able to do something on my own. Um, establishing that boundary, right? I don't need you to survive. Mm-hmm. I will be able to survive. So mm-hmm. I think we kind of just had this idea of it is 50, 50. I'm, mm-hmm. he can survive without me and I can survive without him. And that's mm-hmm. what it was going to be. We were mm-hmm. just going to be equals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, and a want and desire to help each other. Absolutely. Yeah, to like be together. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes I get lopsided. Oh, with, I, with I do not pull my weight. I will fully own that right now. <laughs> I, I wish it was like my that. husband I, takes care of me. Uh-huh. I would probably be an invalid without <laughs> I just don't. I need that though. Aww, I'm, a, I'm too, yeah. he, t- he takes care of me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I, but then at the same time, I also marvel at like, wow, we do these things in our relationship that are so gender specific. Definitely. Like I, I, he doesn't know what size shoes either one of our kids wear. Sure. Mm-hmm. He doesn't ever buy them a piece of clothing or know how many bathing suits they have, or, you know, yeah. like yeah. make sure to pick up the schedule from school and put it on the fridge. Like there's certain things that you just yeah. end up doing and you're like, this is interesting. This feels like a very like this is a woman's task and how did we fall into this? But yet we've fallen into it and we don't talk about it. Yeah. It's interesting. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Sean does. He takes the cars to the oil shop and Mm -hmm. on occasion fills my gas tank. Right. Yeah. And I don't care. (laughs) And then I, I do find myself being the one to make sure the house is organized. Laundry is done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Groceries. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Randall does a lot. Randall's pretty involved with the kids, but still some of those stereo gender roles. Um, he he definitely knows all the clothes. He's more into clothes than oh, really? I am. Oh, yeah. Like, if you see the kids in a cute outfit, it's because Randall has bought it for them and, like, has <laughs> so it all planned cute. out. Oh, my That's gosh. Adorable. It is, but it's not. Like, he also, like, he has issues with overalls. Like I do, like too. he loves them or he oh he no. hates them. No. He thinks like it's so white trash, and they're they're oh, really? in right now. Like they're so in right now, and so we wanted to get a pair. And Randall oh. like had a meltdown at the store. Oh no, he wouldn't let her. And not only he had some choice words about who wears them in the store, and oh. I was like Randall, like oh my god, stop and for it. Zoe. Oh yes, oh, I my know. God. Yeah, I was like oh my god. Um, but no, he's Please involved. In I want to remember this because the next time you have me over for a barbecue, <laughs> you're wearing, wearing I don't even own a pair. I'm going to go get a pair. <laughs> I'm going to go get a pair. And wear them. <laughs> we all should we'll all show up. Maybe it's head will explode. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I'll do the one side down, yeah, you know, because that's how we used to rock it in the 90s. That's right. And your um, 
handkerchief out oh, of yeah. pocket. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? what I think is funny is we started by talking about sex and intimacy, uh, and we are all so uncomfortable we can't talk about uh, it. I know. I did think about mm-hmm, that yeah. just a minute ago. I was like, how did we get talking about yes. gender roles? Which yeah. I think is great, mm-hmm. too. Yes. Thanks for looping us back. I just, I find it, you know, pretty common. We don't, we don't want to talk about it. Okay. You want to get uncomfortable? Let's get uncomfortable. I'll tell you guys something. (laughs) 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 So I had my last uh, or most recent OB appointment a couple weeks ago and I have vaginal prolapse, which I knew I had after I had, so I had a VBAC, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, I, after I went, you know, you come back six weeks after you've had the baby. And he was like, so do you have any questions? I was like, Hell, yes, I do. What is this? And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, I don't know how to describe it. You'll have to look. But it's like, there's like, the only thing I can compare it to is a turkey neck, like down there. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, honey, that's your vagina. And I was like, what? <laughs> well, I guess I've never seen it before, but why can I see it? Yeah. And so then I go through the process of like, uh, so this was back then. I'm not talking sure. about the most recent appointment, but, um, I was like, well, what do I do about it? And he was like, well, we could send you to PT. It's not that profound. And I'm thinking like, what do you mean? It's not that profound. I can literally bend over and see my vagina. Like, <laughs> how is that not? Mm-hmm. And so sure enough, I go to PT and I'm only like a one. It's like a five point scale. Wow. So technically, like I normally, unless I had said something, wouldn't have even qualified for like physical oh, wow. therapy services. It's not considered a problem. I'm surprised it can be fixed with physical therapy. Well, mm-hmm. I well, I'm probably <laughs> describing it in a dramatic way. It's not like it was like hanging out or anything <laughs> like that. But like if I was on the toilet and I like bent over and yeah. tried to look, I could see like this pinky pink trachea looking thing weird yeah I mean not weird for you but no it is it is weird but here's the thing that I find the weirdest about it is that nobody ever talks to you about this which is like totally common to happen to people and mine wasn't even that bad and I guess most people just don't even say anything about it they just well it feels fine like it doesn't feel any different um, does it look different though? From oh, no, no, no. I mean, literally okay. it's like if you're sitting on a chair and you bend over and you look up, like it's not an angle. It's not an angle. Like I had to get into a contorted position to see it, but I happen to have seen it, which is what alarmed me and which sure. is what caused me to bring it to his attempt, the doctor's attention. Right. So all this to say that I like it was only a one, which wouldn't even really require an intervention. So then I go to physical therapy and I'm so annoyed by the process. I went for probably maybe 12 weeks or something. They like, it's just a bunch of Kegels, some very micro like movements that you're supposed to do. Um, and they put their fingers in you to like, yes, these women, you know, every visit, like stick Mm -hmm. their fingers up in you and like, okay, now squeeze and are testing like your strength. So this last (laughs) time that was, so August is now almost two. So this has been some time has passed Mm -hmm. and I've just never done anything about it. So I leak a little urine when I run Mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. uh, which I'm also like, 
is that okay that that's normal? Like, well, can it be better? After birth and yeah. then normal with age. Yeah. yeah. Which really sucks. It's totally fine. So then. There is. A, oh, well, so anyway, so this last visit, I go, can I just get a surgery? Because I don't want to do yeah. physical therapy. It really bothers me. Like yeah. it, it does. It's time consuming. Yeah. I don't like being it's invasive. It's yeah. yeah. Um, and he was like, yeah, yeah, you can get a surgery. He was like, you have, cause I guess I have prolapsed two different directions. Uh-huh. I guess my vagina is just like a loosey goosey in there. <laughs> I don't know, but he said he would just like stitch it up. Hmm on the sides, but it would be oh. a six week recovery. Oh. I know. Six week recovery of from like weight bearing. Or? From oh. weight bearing. So like oh. I have to pick up my kids and oh, you know, yeah. like stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I've put it off. Um yeah. anyway, Adam when he heard this was like, So let me get this straight. You were like electing to get a surgery for something <laughs> that you could just do the exercises <laughs> and I wanted to be like you know what you can do. Like yeah, you you, you don't have a yeah. Yeah. I was like, you didn't carry a baby and then push it out of something that broke. Yeah. So anyway, that's oh, my, imp- so that gets us back to sex. Yeah. How were your vaginas after babies? Vaginas after babies. Um, after Zoe, um, my, I felt like I got kicked down there. <laughs> I, it felt sore. Um, and I, I, I waited the six weeks. Like there was no negotiating that. Like I wanted, I think we even waited eight weeks to be completely honest. Cause like, I just was so afraid it was going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't know what to think or to anticipate. So, um, the first, uh, sexual experience that we had after Zoe, I was really nervous about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, sexual, it felt mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. something that I knew I needed to do in order for our relationship to be back to quote unquote normal. Um, but I don't think I enjoyed it. I don't think I found it pleasurable just because I was so worried about everything, but I feel like my body, um, went, went back to normal after the baby. I don't recall. Um, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it was like, Whoa, okay. We need to figure that out. Um, and then jogging for sure. Um, I think just the force of that, like your pelvic floor and do just your do Kegel. the Kegel, yeah, ladies. just do. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, yeah, so, so listen to your doctor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So jogging with like a light pad is, and what I do. Yeah, you know, especially yeah. after two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even though Adler was a C-section, um, it's I don't, it still puts that pressure on there. I don't know if you the felt it. Floor, yeah. yeah. Um, I felt just like I had had a vaginal birth and a C-section with Adler. So. Yeah. Um, I definitely noticed a different with that. When I have to pee, I have to pee. Like oh, it's yes. like and more frequently. Yeah, for me. I don't know if that's an age thing too. I think like, so. I think yeah. it's age. So mm-hmm. since I have the teenagers, you know, yeah. seventeen and fifteen, almost eighteen and sixteen, it's been a long time. And I remember after having given birth, not wanting to have sex. Cause man, the first birth was just brutal and had to have an episiotomy. Didn't mm-hmm. it hurt to poop? So why yeah. was it going to, I don't know. Like we it did not. Yeah. It's not yeah. a pleasure zone. Yeah. And I, I could barely yeah. sit on my butt, let alone. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I mean, it's been that long. I can't remember 
besides having postpartum and just physically not feeling good about myself or mm-hmm. I remember having some body image issues, not liking the way my body was shaped afterwards. Mm-hmm. I was really young, you know, at the, well, I, I think I was really young, but there are younger mothers out there, but 25 and just really going from almost kind of that teen to young adulthood body type to mm-hmm. then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, things have shifted. Mm-hmm. And I, I did look very different. I remember seeing myself in the mirror for the first time. We didn't have a long, um, long mirror to look in. We were vacationing and I had been getting dressed in front of a mirror and I was like, oh my gosh, wow. I can't believe that's what I look like now. Mm-hmm. So I, I struggled with that with after, after the first pregnancy. And then after the second one, that postpartum was so bad. I'm I don't know when the next time was that we had sex, mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know, for mm-hmm. Sean, he's a good, good husband, patient. Mm-hmm. Um, but because there's been so much time from having the babies to now I'm in my early forties. I remember there was a time where things felt totally back to normal. My body felt like it was functioning like it should. I wasn't Mm -hmm. peeing every time I sneezed Mm -hmm. or every time I would run Mm -hmm. or jump or whatever. But now in my early forties, I'm noticing, Oh, kind of seems like I just had a child again Um, where there is now that urgency. I got to pee, get out of my way. I'm making my, a beeline for the bathroom. Um, and I would contribute that or attribute that to, to age for sure. Okay. Good to know. So I I have the double double whammy Uh age and yeah Yeah. having had more recent yeah deliveries I feel like in any relationship whether you have children or not talking about sexual desires talking Mm -hmm. about body image how we feel in our body how our partner views us Mm -hmm. um because I know Randall did a really nice job um really telling me, I still find you sexy. I still find you desirable. Um, you know, and, and really he, I think because he wanted to be a dad for so long that it was kind of a gift I was able to help him with and Mm -hmm. get there. And I think he was very thankful for that and wanted me to feel comfortable in my body. And so it was nice to have a partner that wasn't shaming and who was very helpful and very understanding in that way. Mm -hmm. Because I think if I had had a partner that didn't acknowledge anything or made comments or even like made jokes about, you know, like there's so many mean jokes about women's vaginas and how stretched out they are. And mm-hmm. I think had he said something like that, it would have been hard, but he never did. He was always yeah. very respectful and, you know, he was good at having that balance of, yes, you are a mother, but you're also my wife. You're my partner. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. want you to remember that. And I felt very lucky and nice. still feel very mm-hmm. lucky in that aspect with him. Um, I mean, thinking now to today, um, sexual life, um, in early forties, I feel like I'm going through premenopause. My body is changing so much right now, um, doing funky things, but I also feel like this is probably the peak quote unquote of our sexual relationship right now. Like for the first time in a long time, it's like, yeah, let's go do that. Yeah. Let's go home early and mm-hmm. have an afternoon delay. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we've been trying to make more of an effort. I would say over probably the last four or five months of connecting just yeah. he and I 
and rebuilding our relationship outside of just being parents of like, we're a couple and we need to focus on that. And whether we're tired or not, like we, we both need to make this effort. Um, And I think we've been trying to do it like once or twice a week. Sometimes we can't get to that. Um, But I don't know. I think in my head, I'm like, okay, if we can connect once or twice a week, that's Mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. And if not, like we need to try to compensate later on down the road. I think it's right up there. And maybe it's for me, I'm in my early forties. I'm experiencing, you know, the onset of kind of empty nester syndrome, Mm -hmm. trying to just figure out who I am in my relationship with Sean, who we are as a couple again, Mm -hmm. but to keep, you know, for us, what's been important is, yeah, we're kind of in our forties. There's supposed to be another peak. We probably are more forward and outward about our bodies and our sex lives now in this Mm -hmm. stage. There's not much to hide or, Mm -hmm. you know, save or whatever, Mm -hmm. but I, we've just made a stronger effort more recently to design who we are as a couple and not drop into kind of that lazy, stagnant relationship that you kind of find yourself in after raising kids or I don't know. I mean, this is just my experience, but I think it's probably somewhat common for other couples Um, and yeah, it's, we've had to make a real effort to design who we are without being parents to young children. Our kids don't need us so much anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and so not to fall into that trap or I just, I think of it as being lazy. And so we've had open communication. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, you use the word lazy and I would imagine that that might come when our kids are older. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Cause when I think of lazy, I'm like, Oh my God. Like, um, when, you know, all three of my kids are up and going around and Randall's like, you want to mess around? I'm like, "Mm -mm." no, No. I'm exhausted. I'm so exhausted. And Randall likes to, to have sex at night and he likes to around 11 or 12 at night and I am beat. And so like for me, either the morning or mid afternoon is like fantastic. Mm -hmm. So if I have a break in my schedule and I know he's getting off, I'll text him and be like, meet me at the house in 30 minutes (laughs) (laughs) and we'll connect and then we'll go the other way. Um, but yeah, I think you have to be creative yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's hard, you know, God, the exhaustion level when your kids are younger is mm-hmm. profound. Yeah. That's so, what Adam mm-hmm. and I will like, um, you know, we definitely are on the uh, downward slope with our sex life just because of the stage that we're at. But, um, like, we'll be like, we'll make maybe a slight gesture towards being intimate with mm-hmm. each other. And then one of us <laughs> is like, how about in the morning? Yeah. <laughs> But then nothing happens in the morning. So no, go ahead. Sorry. That's it. Our (laughs) issue is I have a 17 and 15 year old and there isn't consistency in our house anymore. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have a private bedroom. Mm. So friends can be over. Girlfriends can be over. I, I don't know when the kids are going to be in and out. They 
are mobile, right? They, Mm -hmm. one of them drives, one of them's learning to drive. And so there's no structure like Sean and I are like, we better just go stay someplace and get out of the house. (laughs) You know, one kid might have a full school day. The other kid has breaks in the school Mm -hmm. day. So there, it's just, there's no rhyme or reason. Yeah. You're like a teenager now. Yeah. You don't get We're, busted at any point. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> really, it yep. <laughs> Very exciting. Yeah. Every okay. stage is different. I'm thinking we're going to need to cut out some of that stuff about my vagina. <laughs> you just talking about to. your vagina. And we're going to have to edit that a lot. That's embarrassing. Since I, I, said would, it. I would hope that you would I not think. feel embarrassed because how many women out there are looking at their bodies going, what is that? And mm-hmm. not saying a word or their partner is looking at them going, I don't want to be sexual with you because what's wrong with your area down there? And you're opening that door. Like yeah. there's nothing like go get some PT, go do this, go have surgery, right? Like mm-hmm. this is why we're talking about stuff and it comes up when we talk about sex and intimacy because Mm -hmm. if that's a barrier to you and Adam in any way or a barrier to any couple in any way like talk about it go talk to your doctor about it because what happens if something's really medically going on with somebody Mm -hmm. who is just like oh it's going to be fine it's going to go back to normal and it doesn't you know it could have complications so I'm glad that you talked about it. I know it made me But the way I described it makes it sound like I honestly think you guys <laughs> probably think I have something like dragging me, dragging <laughs> down the... <laughs> I'm talking yeah. up in my under... No, it's not like that. Yeah. I I've never heard of it. So no, Well, I only knew about it because I knew this woman that had twins and she had to go to PT and she was like, mm-hmm. I have prolapse. I was like, what is that? Yeah. And she was like, you need to make sure that they check you for this after you deliver. Cause she also had, um, what do they call that? Abdominal dysplasia or yeah. what, whatever. Oh. What, what do they call mm-hmm. Dia, dia, uh, it's dia something, dia stasis or st- in what the separating of the abdominal muscle. Yeah. Um, so she had to work really hard on that in PT and yeah. then she had the prolapse also and she was like so many women get it and nobody we don't know about nobody it nobody mm-hmm. talks about it we now we're you just educated all of those women listening that maybe we're gonna make a difference in yeah. the in the world thanks Gretchen <laughs> you're welcome I'm happy my vagina can be a gateway to other people's healing that's so right. <laughs> that sounds weird oh, <laughs> that's okay it's yeah. real we're real we're getting naked. That's right. Raw, raw with this parenting thing. <laughs> well, cheers to everybody's sexual health and communicate well with your partners about what you're needing and wanting in that realm. Thank you for listening. Ciao. Bye. That concludes our episode for today. Thank you for listening to Parenting Naked Collaborative. To learn more about Parenting Naked Collaborative, visit us on the web at www.parentingnaked.com or follow us on Facebook at Parenting Naked. Thanks so much and have a great day.